COVID-19 originated in animals sold in a so-called wet market in China. All Hey, Flyover family, as you can see, I'm not in the Flyover World Global Headquarters in, in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm in Las Vegas at a place called the Worry Studios, at a place designed for live virtual events. And you're probably asking, David, why are you in a place for live virtual events? Because there is an event for the release of the film called The Trump I Know. Give you an opportunity to go to ttikfilm.com. I had to write it down, make sure I didn't mess it up. Hopefully it's on the screen there. Producer Colton's going to hook you up. ttikfilm.com. Dot com. Here's what you'll be able to do. Go there and be able to watch this documentary as it comes out, as well as uh, there's going to be uh, interviews here uh, with Laura Trump, Devin Nunes, General Michael Flynn, and some others. But it's going to be kind of a once-ever sort of an opportunity to be able to watch it. You can watch it on the replay. You can watch it live. We'll have some of the details down below. But today's Conspiracy Conversations, episode number twenty. Five. We've had a blast doing these with you, kind of digging into some of these crazy topics and kicking over some of the rocks and kind of seeing, hey, what's what may or may not have happened, you know, 5,000 years ago, what's going on with our food, moon landing, JFK, all these kind of things. Today's a little bit unique because I had a conversation with Seth Holhouse, who is kind of my fellow co-conspiracy uh, uh, investigator who's had Dave Wise and, and Dave Martin and everybody that you can kind of imagine that you'd be curious talking to. He brought me on and we got into some topics that shouldn't be conspiratorial and shouldn't be controversial, but there's some things like personal responsibility, manhood, uh, the, the future of the world based on the technologies that we have. And we just kind of have a a man-to-man -man conversation. So uh, something that probably up until five minutes ago wouldn't have been controversial or conspiratorial in any way, but but today it kind of is. I think you'll know when we get into that. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hope you enjoy Seth. And if you get a chance, check out the Trump I Know Film.com. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy that as well. T-T-I-K Film.com. All right, we'll see you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Man in America. I'm your host, Seth Holhouse. So today I get to sit down with one of my favorite people that's similar doing something like what I'm doing. It's uh, David Whited. So he and his wife, Stacy, they have a show called Flyover Conservatives, and they started around the same time as me. And they've been just a huge influence, but they've been really just fantastic voices. And so uh, it's just David <clears throat> sitting down with me today, and we're just going to have a just a sober conversation about where's our country at right now. It's it's insane, right? And I'm sure you feel the same thing. There's craziness all around, but how can we get to a place where we feel like we have control, where we feel like we can create a future that we want, where we feel like there is something in the future that we can look forward to? And I think that's a very important thing because as much as it's good to dig into the the plans of the cabal and understand all the intricacies of the new world order and uh, just the, the the various family bloodlines and all that, I think that that can be overwhelming sometimes. And sometimes I think it's good for us just to take that hundred thousand foot view of where mankind is at and look at how we can get through this and thrive on the other side. So, folks, I think it's going to be a very special conversation that will leave you. Hopefully feeling good. That That's my intention with this one is that you walk away feeling, you know what? Things aren't quite as bad as I thought they were. So folks, enjoy this interview with David Whited from Flyover Conservatives. 
David, man, it is such a, a pleasure. And it feels like an understatement to say is that just, it's just so wonderful to have you here on the show with me today. It, it's an honor to be here. You know, we, we have a lot of great conversations at, at events and we've, we've flown you into Kansas city. And when we first opened up our, we built the second studio with the kind of a full multi-camera setup. And, and the whole time that construction project was going on, we're like, okay, we're going to have the best conversations. We'd always say like with, well, like, well, like Seth whole house where you can just, you know, have these live interviews because it's, you know, I, I love that the, the we can be at a distance, but when you're with somebody in person, there's a unique dynamic there. And so that, that, that conversations we had with you virtually is partly what inspired us to build a in-person uh, studio. Cause it's just, we've met the most incredible people. The world's kind of gone in some crazy spins but it's amazing the people that have really risen up, you know, the, the, there's an expression that tough times, you know, don't build character, they reveal it. And uh, when you see people respond to the world around them and really shine and step forward and lean into it and actually get better, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it, we've gotten the opportunity to, to meet some of the best people in the whole world uh, because of all this. So uh, that's kind of the, the, the lemonade on the backside of the lemons for sure. <laughs> It is. And I'll give just a quick introduction to this conversation. Then I want you to also introduce, you know, you a little more your backstory with you and, and Stacy and your children and everything. But for the folks that aren't familiar with David, well, you should be. Um, so he and his wife, Stacy, run a show called Flyover Conservatives. And I think that you two, uh, w- with the help of your family, your your beautiful and wonderful son and daughter, uh, started around the same time as me. And, I, and we met through the reawaken with Clay Clark. And we've We've really been behind closed doors and not in front of the camera. We've had so many conversations about how to grow, you know, tips on things. There's just been so much back and forth and it's been incredible and we're constantly inspiring each other. And you are, I think you and Stacy are similar, I think in a lot of ways to Kate and I, that you're in a lot of ways, jack of all trades and you've done a lot of different things and worked in different industries from music to marketing to you know, mission work. And it, then you take that and you add in the fact that now you host a wildly successful and fastly growing show and you get to interview a lot of absolutely incredible people, whether it's you know, David Icke or many of the other guests that you have on your show. And so I love these conversations with folks that are also interviewing lots of people because while you may not be, say, the Ed Dow that's coming with, here's the research on the jab, Right you've interviewed such a variety of people and you're smart that you can form this worldview that I think is oftentimes a more important perspective than the silo of some certain person that is an expert on one or two things. It, it, it has been an, an, an incredible ride. We've had, uh, you know, I think roughly 2000 conversations in the last little over two years um, in starting this process. And they're all kind of based on this fundamental principle of, um, we're really curious. We began the show based on uh, seeing people that had fruit in an area. You know, specifically, we're watching. You know, the beginning of, of all of 2020. Then when 21 came, you know, we'd we'd had the opportunity to meet quite a few doctors specifically that had thousands of patients and had zero deaths. You know, during COVID, some of the patients were in their 90s. I'm like, this is fascinating. The, their approach to it, but yet they'd share their information and they get banned from every platform. You know, for common sense things you would have thought up until five minutes ago was common sense, like beef up your immune system, take vitamin D, vitamin C, get some sunshine, you know, and some of the, the approaches they were taking for me, that was a triggering mechanism that we were in a different 
world than we'd ever been historically. Because I'd look at the TV and there'd be every every mainstream news channel was just a death ticker. But yet there's people having tremendous success. I'm like, why don't you guys interview those guys? You know, and because uh, they've seen patients today and they're having tremendous success. For me, that made common sense because we kind of came from a more entrepreneurial background where you got a problem. You call the top five people that have, have solved it and you put them together and then you move forward, you know, on it. And uh, what I was seeing during that space was the top people that were having the most success were banned, ostracized, threatened, beaten up, you know, and uh, kind of went with a different narrative. Regardless, I'm not here. To, I'm not an expert on, on all that space. But w- whatever the problem is, there's something wrong with my car. You know, I would talk to the best people in the world on the car, you know, that actually working on cars today, the current model, you know, that we're driving, that, that are dealing with these things. If you had just some, you know, redneck from Missouri, you know, on there, like myself, it's like, hey, eat more peanut butter and barbecue. You're going to be fine. You know, maybe delete that guy. But um, when you have people that spent their whole life on that area of science, that kind of it, 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 what engaged us in in this space of, of podcasting so forth. I'd never met a single person that ever even been a guest on a podcast at that point ever in our life. And so it wasn't a space. Our son, uh, Colton, who you referenced, you know, he had a, a young child. He had another one on on the way at the time. And, and you know, we were grandparents and we're like, OK, um, what is going on in the world and who has answers? Because we were dealing with bigger problems in a unique way than what we'd ever seen before. And so that kind of got us into this space, his nudging. Um, we'd spent a life in in business. My wife and I, we believe known each other since the seventh grade. Her dad was my coach in school. You know, we're growing up in a small town in Kansas. I grew up on a farm. Um, you know, it's amazing. A lot of principles that came from that world ended up applying to our business world. The idea of you work the soil, you plant, you're doing things. There's not a, there's not a, a paycheck at the end of the day, you're building something for the future. Then there's a harvest that delayed gratification, the results of, you know, you can't just plant your seed, whatever you feel like it. You got to, you know, be wise and work with with what is, which is nature and God, you know, in that process. And also when it comes to nutrition and food and in, in, in life, I would even as, a, as even grade school, I would I'd buy a, a horse at a livestock auction that was like broken down and, and and you know, you'd like nickname him glue stick or something. And uh, it, it, we'd, I'd bring him into our farm and I would, you know, get him minerals and put him on 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 some alfalfa and like. Within a month or so, he would just change. His coat would look better. His eyes would shine. He'd fill out. It was like a whole different, it's like, you know, like flipping houses a little bit. But I was doing that fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And I'd buy a horse for three or $400. And I would turn around selling for like 2000 uh, because he was, you know, looked, looked prime. And so it made that connection in my mind, even as a child, I'm like, what you eat makes a difference. You know, and that wasn't necessarily the view of our family. They were more, you know, biscuits and gravy kind of a of a, of a crowd. But we treated our animals much differently. And for me, that was even a, a signal as a child. I'm like, it's interesting that we pay more attention to what we feed the animals than what we eat ourselves. And so I, I didn't register that. I didn't keep a journal or anything. But these are thoughts I was having even as a kid. And so that all those things kind of began applying, uh, you know, to to business and life. We started our first company when we were 23 years old, and and um some of the same principles done with podcasting when you don't know how to do something, find the people who have had tremendous success at that. Take notes, be humble, take everything you can from them and um, apply it as quickly as possible. Condense timeframes. You're going to make your own mistakes, but you don't need to make their mistakes also. So you can eliminate those things. And we we just kind of applied that quickly. And by the end of our twenties, you know, in spite of, you know, not knowing a whole lot about much of anything, 
uh, we were able to kind of be in a position where we really didn't have to work anymore. You know, not, I didn't have a Learjet or anything, but we kind of always lived below our means, spent our money very wisely, always kind of played for the future. Again, farming, you do, you don't eat all your corn. You got to save the seed for the next planning. And so all of those kind of farming life principles kind of began to apply towards us in business and life. And, you know, the idea of you're going to work hard and uh, you may not get paid today, but eventually leave enough people and leave enough places better than you found them. There's going to be a harvest in the future. And um, that kind of began our, began our process, which Len led to uh, starting a record label. Cause it was a dream of my wife's. And, and we did that. We, our kids were in high school and we lived in a very affluent area outside of Nashville, Tennessee and Williamson County, one of the wealthiest counties in America. And um, uh, I don't know, kind of felt like that wasn't the most normal version of the world necessarily. You can tell your kids they're blessed, but it's better if you show them. And uh, I think one of the best things that you could do for yourself is to serve somebody that can't do something for you. And so when our kids were in high school and they had friends that were getting like a new Hummer uh, for their birthday, uh, we, moved to Mexico and lived in an orphanage and they were tutoring and working and serving. And we kind of thought we were going there to, to fix Mexico and to help these kids and, you know, boomeranged back and helped us probably much more than it did them. And, and uh, we, so, you know, we've been chased by the drug cartel held up by machine guns and, and, you know, uh, escaped that we've, you know, just kind of done a lot of, of sort of different lives along the way and uh, accidentally prepared ourselves for, doing a podcast and having conversations with some of the most interesting people in the world from a Dinesh D'Souza to a general Flynn, to a Seth whole house, to Ed doubt, you know, and, and uh, every one of them is a little different and you got to be humble enough to always be the dumbest one in the room and uh, you know, and have a good conversation with somebody that spent their whole life on a, on a thing. So it's been an, an incredible ride and kind of a broken road that sort of led us to that, but just kind of making a habit of trying to say, you know, yes to the next right thing as often as possible. And it's really an incredible story. And, you know, you know, I'm in a similar place that like, I, I didn't intend to do this. I was never dreaming as a young child about becoming a YouTube phenomenon. It's like, it's actually the last thing I would have wanted to do was like right. talk politics for, you know, who knows how many people to, to watch, but you know, here, here we are. And so as we've gotten to where our country is right now, right. We look around and I, I mean, I feel like I barely recognize this country. I see a lot of these initiatives coming out of the White House, the the this LGBTQ plus stuff, what's what's in the books and schools for kids, what's happening around the world, the fact that we've got, you know, the Maui victims getting next to nothing and, you know, hundreds of of millions and billions of dollars going over to these foreign countries for, you know, who knows what. And it, it really does feel like our country is falling apart in a way that I've never experienced before in, in the, you know, a little under four decades I've been in this country and, and alive. And so from your perspective, right. Cause I know that you've, you're, you're, you're so that you, you piece a lot of things together, but then you also have your conspiracy conversations show, which I think is also adding this whole other element to forming the, the, the view of what's happening in the world. If, if you had to simplify to someone, if someone came to you and they say, David, I'm so confused. Why does it feel like our country is a mess? Why does it feel like our government wants to hurt us? Why does it seem like everything's turned evil? How would you explain where America is at right now to that person? Ooh, um, I'd say if, you're in a, if it was in a sentence, um, I would say it'd be a, a best example, maybe go to the zoo, you know, and they try to duplicate that animal's natural habitat as best they can for them to thrive. But 
you know, lions aren't designed to be in a cage, pacing back and forth and somebody throws them stakes. You know, they, they can, they can live in that environment and it looks like their environment and they can paint trees on the brick wall and they can do, do things, but that is not where the lion's designed to live or a polar bear or, you know, or penguins or, you know, these things, they, that's not their habitat. You can, you can take a, a, a fish and maybe, you know, out of the ocean and put them in a tank at home, but it's pretty precarious to make it the saltwater content of where, you know, they were designed to be. I don't. And so my point with that as an analogy is I, I don't think that you and I, you know, as humans are designed to be living in this environment. Um, everything's as far from our original habitat as you could possibly be. And so um, I think Socrates said when men who are made to fish, when they don't fish, they fight. And I don't know that any of us are really living in this, in the, in the way uh, so that idea is like a tree trunk and then kind of branch into all of these topics. But, you know, why, you know, obesity, you know, for example, it's like, you can say there's a lot of things in the food and, and uh, chemicals and all these things that are affecting it and, and so forth. But all right, guys, we're going to jump right back into that conversation with, with Seth and I, I hope you're, you're enjoying that. And uh, if you do, please share, uh, give us a like on the rumble. I want to mention uh, a service that we've come across that you might have heard me mention before, Patriot Mobile. And here's the reason I mentioned it. A lot of people are like, boycott Target, boycott Starbucks, boycott Klaus Schwab, all the things that you're you're against. But what about what about the things that you're for? What if you could change your cell phone service, use the same towers you have now, but instead of every month you have an auto pay bill that goes towards funding projects that you're probably not in favor of if you're watching this. Check out what is your cell phone providers, uh, what do they support? Tens of millions of dollars go towards organizations like Planned Parenthood and a lot of uh, Marxist organizations that you're probably not a big fan of. Patriot Mobile gears their things towards pro-life, NRA, First Amendment, Second Amendment, things that you support, and you don't have to spend any extra money. You actually save money. They'll buy out the remainder part of your contract. You can keep the phone you have right now, or they have new phones, or you can buy another phone somewhere else, Android, Apple, whatever you want to do. It's the same towers. Nothing changes except for you're actually putting your money where your mouth is and not supporting deep state activities with your monthly bill. It's a win-win, win-win for them and you. We all kind of come out ahead. So uh, give, them a, give, them a, give them a check out at uh, Patriot Mobile. Use promo code FLYOVER. And uh, they'll also waive the activation fees and buy out your existing contract. Let's jump back into the conversation with Seth. Throughout history, you know, if we came across some honeycombs and we ate them until we passed out, you know, that would be a good thing. But they're not going to be available next week or these berries or something, you know. So the idea that you can kind of just sit on your butt and Uber eats something and it comes to you or you could just go to the store and there's chicken already plucked and cleaned. And you just got to like the ability to obtain calories with a with a minimal output of effort is not how I was designed to work. And so we have to artificially kind of like, a you know, an animal in the zoo, we have to artificially and try and go back any point in history and explain a treadmill. You know, I mean, go back 2000 years ago or a thousand years ago or 500 years ago or or and explain. Uh, yeah, we we don't have to move a lot. And so uh, we invented these machines to help us move because we pretty much sit on our, our butts most of the time you know, under artificial lighting, you know, in, indoor. I mean, try to explain that to anybody. Like, why do you have to have a machine to walk? You know, just any of these little things that you can use as an example, this is not our natural habitat. And so 
you know, it creates a lot of of sort of of, of problems, you know, in that. And I think it probably all you know began by the time we could store calories, and you know, and we, we began to, you know grain and these things. People had to you know move less because you could store it up, and it was you know it shifted our economies and the way civilizations would congregate and 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 develop. But when you look at the like on a on a on a on a global scale, we're, we're struggling with with this new idea that we have individuals with greater net worths than nations. And, you know, in, in the past, you'd had a pharaoh, you know, head of a superpower, Egypt, you know, and he'd kind of do what, do what he, you know, wanted to do. Today, you know, I, most, most of us live a life that kings throughout all of history would have dreamed of. I mean, I can go anywhere in my house and go to the thermostat and just and change a degree. You know, and then my wife will come along. It's too cold. And you're like, change it a degree. And so you can actually, you know, it's a common thing to talk to couples that they'll argue about the, the, the temperature on the thermostat, whether it's 69 or 71. That was not a marriage conflict throughout history. They had real problems, you know? And so, you know, the ability that like lazy people have never thrived until recently, you know? And so if you didn't cut wood, you're going to be, freezing. Um, you know, we live in Missouri and everybody likes, you know, deer hunting and Colton and I kind of as a bonding experience. Plus we got a lot of friends that deer hunt. We're like, all right, you know, we, we kind of like to prep a little, you know, no, no real self-respecting prepper would ever really have any respect for me, but you know, we do our best. We follow your tips and we have guests on and, you know, we've got some water storage and some food and we've walked you through, you know, all this stuff. We're trying to make the best decisions we can, but like, Oh, if something did happen, we at least need to know how to, you know, hunt for deer. But throughout, throughout history, there was a word uh, an ancient Indian word called vegetarian, which meant poor hunter. And, you know, so, you know, people that weren't good at things just didn't make it. You know, if I was dependent upon my deer hunting skills right now, man, I would be just shredded, you know, but, but one of our biggest concerns as a, as a, as a civilization, as you go through the checkout line and I don't care when somebody watches this in the future, it's probably going to be the same. You know, there, there's tips on how you can lose 10 pounds by summer, you know, or whatever. That's not been a problem that we had more than enough food and, and, and you didn't have to move very much. Only Kings worried about that up until the past, because in order to not move much and to have more than enough calories means you probably had servants. You probably had somebody carry you around. You know, like, these are, these are all brand new problems that no one's ever, no one's ever wrestled with these issues of how do I lose 10 pounds before bikini season? Like that's never been a thing. You know, up until five minutes ago, you found somebody that was overweight and it's like, wow, how'd you do that? You know, like, I want to hang out with you. What are you doing? You know, I want to, I want to, what'd you, what, you know, how did you get to do that? That's my dream. You know, like my dog, that's my dog's dream. They eat everything I can give them. And like, they, 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 they would love to, they, they wouldn't feel bad about being overweight. They'd be like, oh, this is awesome. You know? And so there's a million aspects of that when you got social media and everything else, but, but just the ability to have a thermostat to build every single person watching this right now has access to books, knowledge, and information, you know, uh, for free. Most people listen to this. You could get a library card and go to the library. You probably have the ability to read for the most part. If not, every book is available on audio. So the wisdom of all the ages is available. Just, you know, you could be, up until five minutes ago, people wondered things and nobody wonders anything anymore. You have five people at dinner and they're arguing about, who was the main guy in Legend of the Falls movie? Was that Richard Gere? Or was, no, it was Brad Pitt. And it's like, oh, it wasn't Brad Pitt. It was, and you used to have to argue about it. Then you would wonder. 
you'd walk away like I'm gonna I'm gonna I got the movie at home I'm gonna go home and look at it and see who was in Legend of the Falls. Nobody wonders anymore. You don't even have that the rabbit trails that would come from that discussion because you're just like oh no no Brad Pitt came out in 1993 da, 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 da. and you know because you have access to all the knowledge and information you want at your fingertips without the struggle of wondering. And so it's just readily available. So every single person watching this has access to books, knowledge, and information. We're all inspired by Abraham Lincoln, you know, walking miles to exchange a book and, you know, the value of that. And he read it and it was like access to ideas his neighbor didn't have. And it created a, you know, a, an ability to, to increase his value in the, in the marketplace because of his ability, you know, to, to, to consume information. Everybody has that now. Everybody watching this show has probably traveled to a different state than they're sitting listening to this right now. Well, both of those things were only kings and royalty. You had to have been like, you know, a, a bishop or a to, people didn't just travel unless you had a lot of resources. And if you had a lot of resources, it means you had to have security to protect your resources because somebody would have taken them. You know, this idea of like the wise men, you know, the Bible, like you go to church. And in Christmas, they have like, you know, three old dudes in the church that are wearing like bathrobes and they represent like the three wise men, you know, and stuff. Even as a kid, I would look at that and think that's lame because the idea of you're going to travel all the way across a continent, you would have needed so many supplies and food. You'd have cattle. You would have had to have all your food. There was no there was no off ramp for fast food. So you would have needed all of these resources because you're 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 hand delivering gold. Okay, so it means you you had excess resources. It means it means you would have needed people to protect that that would have gotten hungry every day. You know, the, your your little mini army. So it would have been a small economy moving across a continent in order to make that happen. It's not three old dudes in your church with bathrobes. It would have been a small city moving. You know, that would have affected. You know, a hundred miles ahead of them would have known they were coming and been preparing. You know, what, what can we sell them? What can we? And so, so the idea of travel. Everybody watching this has been in a different state than they're listening to this podcast in. And so like only kings would have done that or, or major landowners. You would have had to have been born into, into wealth, you know, in order to have ever have had that. You couldn't be like today where, hey, I'm, I'm at this job and I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. But I, if I have a good attitude and I show up five minutes early and I kind of whistle while I'm doing it, I'll get promoted. You know, I'll be the manager of something, you know, and like this idea that that. Anybody watching this can dramatically change their income potential, you know, and be able to have the third thing, which I would say is the, the three unique things in our time is free time. I, you know, I, I, this idea of like me time, I am just burned out, man. It was crazy this weekend. Oh, this next week, I need some me time. I just need to, I'm, I'm just, everything's too noisy, too loud. I just need some me time. Like that's, nobody had me time ever. No one's ever had me time unless you were a king or some kind of royalty until the last five minutes. And so try to answer your question, we, we all have the ability to live like only kings up until now. Pharaoh didn't have a flushing toilet. Pharaoh didn't have a thermostat. Pharaoh didn't have, I mean, if Pharaoh, I have a, I have a, a F-250 turbo diesel truck. If Pharaoh would have seen that, he would have like traded everything. Like, like what, it would have been unbelievable what, you know, what, the power that harnessed, you know, I mean, forget the conspiracy conversations. If he had alien technology and building the pyramids, whatever, like probably not a good example because <laughs> there's so many different versions of people watching this. We're like, well, actually he had, he had uh, levitation devices. Yeah, well, I get it. Let's just stick with my analogy for a minute. I just don't go there. But, but the, but the thing is the average dude living in Des Moines, Iowa today that works in a warehouse um, 
has probably a small fishing boat. He can afford some beer. He has satellite TV. He can watch sporting events all over the world for, for a day's wage of his own wage, or maybe two days wages. He could afford to travel to anywhere else, you know, in the country by plane uh, and be back, you know, for work on Monday, he'd go to Vegas and gamble and come back and, and, and be at work on Monday. If he wanted, we're living in an environment that's so far from how we were designed to live. And, and that isn't even as big of a problem as if people realized it. Now, if, if there was a common knowledge and it was taught in schools, we're so blessed. We have so much to be thankful for. We, we have access to books, knowledge, and information. I mean, anybody that's complaining, I'm like, what are you complaining about? You have access to all the information of the ages at your fingertips. You, you, you have free time. You have the ability to travel to other countries. And as an average person, not a king, the average guy working at a warehouse could fly to Mexico and go to Cancun, you know, for the weekend and come back and maybe even cheaper if he's willing to listen to a timeshare pitch when he gets there. So if we all embraced how ludicrously fortunate we are to be in this versus consuming massive amount of content that's geared to just bitch and moan and complain and, and, and commiserate with what's wrong. Like just that one thing alone would shift the atmosphere of what we're doing, but we're the most privileged, overfed, undermoved society ever and the least happy at the same time because we're the least thankful. And so I think fundamentally that's the problem is people are, 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 are kind of irritated in a way because they're not even able to embrace the good fortune of the moment we're in that everybody watching this, they're probably watching it on a phone or while they're driving their car. They all live like only Kings could have lived up until now. And they not only don't appreciate it, most of them complain every single day about the environment they're in. And I, I think that is the grind that people struggle putting their finger on of, of what's wrong with the world. And just not to make this too big of a, of a, of a rant here, but even the idea of, the, of this difference between the world and my world, like I'm told everything every day that's going on wrong with the world, but the level of personal responsibility that I take for my world is a big differentiating point between, between how my life is going and, and, and how my world is going versus how the world is going. And there's a big difference between the world and my world. So uh, I think those two things really create a dysfunction at, at a certain level. The same way if you were at the, if there was some, you know, uh, multimillionaire who had a child and every time the kid screamed, they just gave him money and gave him ice cream, gave him whatever he wanted. You'd be like, that kid's a miserable mess. I want to go spank him for those people. I, I think, I think the whole world is that. All right, guys, we're going to jump right back into that conversation with, with Seth and I, I hope you're, you're enjoying that. And uh, if you do, please share. Uh, give us a like on the rumble. I want to mention uh, a service that we've come across that you might have heard me mention before, Patriot Mobile. And here's the reason I mentioned it. A lot of people are like, boycott Target, boycott Starbucks, boycott Klaus Schwab, all the things that you're you're against. But what about what about the things that you're for? What if you could change your cell phone service, use the same towers you have now, but instead of every month you have an auto pay bill that goes towards funding 
projects that you're probably not in favor of if you're watching this. Check out what is your cell phone providers, uh, what do they support? Tens of millions of dollars go towards organizations like Planned Parenthood and a lot of uh, Marxist organizations that you're probably not a big fan of. Patriot Mobile gears their things towards pro-life, NRA, First Amendment, Second Amendment, things that you support, and you don't have to spend any extra money. You actually save money. They'll buy out the remainder part of your contract. You can keep the phone you have right now, or they have new phones, or you can buy another phone somewhere else, Android, Apple, whatever you want to do. It's the same towers. Nothing changes except for you're actually putting your money where your mouth is and not supporting deep state activities with your monthly bill. It's a win-win, win-win for them and you. We all kind of come out ahead. So uh, give, them a, give, them a, give them a check out at uh, Patriot Mobile. Use promo code FLYOVER. And uh, they'll also waive the activation fees and buy out your existing contract. Let's jump back into the conversation with Seth. It's funny because I, you know, I, I thought maybe you'd go to like 40,000 foot view of, okay, we've got the globalists and we've got this and, and, and there's the, the, the infiltration of the government. I think you went to the, like the million foot view of like, here's where humanity <laughs> is at. And it's such an important point. It's such an important point because I think that, you know, for those people that look around and say, gosh, America is this estranged child to me. Like, where did it come from? What happened? Why is it so, it's so easy to look at the world and point our fingers at the world and the globalists and the communists and the Democrats and this and my mother-in-law and this. And it's so easy just to blame all that on, on all these factors. But I think I couldn't agree more. And it, it's funny because uh, when I was, I think I was in high school or early in college, I read the uh, Unabomber's Manifesto, right? Uh, Ted Kaczynski, I think. And it, it was really eye-opening to me. I'm not sure if, if you ever read it, but it was one of the most brilliantly written documents I had come across. And you know, part of what he describes in that is that now that man no longer has to be a hunter-gatherer to survive and no longer has that purpose of providing, we've filled ourselves with all these other fake purposes, with all these other fake ways of feeling fulfilled and feeling like you're taking care of things versus you know, I've done some, you know, some camping or Sam just doing a construction project. Say I'm building something, I'm cutting wood and I'm constructing something. There's this part of me that feels more human. Like, wow, I'm working with this, this raw material to create for my family. And, oh, I built right. a chicken coop and now we've got eggs every day or whatever it is. And we've just become so disconnected from that, which I, I think is part of the design, right? Because the more disconnected we are to that, the heritage of what it is to be human the more transhuman we become, right? The more we, we start slotting into that transhumanist agenda, that, that atheist, that, you know, they, you know the, the computer, the AI is God and, and we are your masters. Instead of us realizing like, wait, God created me just as I am. I've got a brain, I've got a beating heart, I've got, I've got hands. And it reminds me of, you know, I, I did some Tony Robbins stuff before, right? And there's this one part where, you know, one of his, uh, an event I was at and he has you focus on your heart and you're feeling your heart beating and you're feeling the gratitude for having a heart beating in your chest, keeping you alive. And it's this really grounding, just almost spiritual moment of, wow, I've got so much to be thankful for. Not everyone has even a healthy beating heart. And so from that perspective, okay, this is why we're suffering, which I think you outlined it so well. It's like we're, we've been taken away from, our, our origins of, I think, how God wanted us to live. And while we have all these comforts, we've 
not been taught how to appreciate them. We actually are taught the opposite. We're taught that we live in this racist country, that our history is, is a lie, and that, you know, that women are oppressed, and, and we're taught all these lies. So how do we get back to that, right? Because I, I think that if more Americans had your energy, whenever I've met you, you're just, you're, you're not sluggish. You're not depressed. You're just, you're excited. You're pushing forward. You're, you're creating, you're positive towards the future. You've got a beautiful family that came out of your creation, right? Your own will. And obviously it was, you know, God's blessings, but how do we either as individuals or as a, as a collective here in America, especially, how do we get out of that? How do we pull ourselves out of this rut? Man, you know, everything I've listed already so far, those are all things I struggle with. I've been trying to, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to lose 10 pounds, you know, uh, you know, it's like, you know, kind of do a little better than you find it again. And you lose, you know, and you, you have to, you know, be intentional today because most of the things that we tried to accomplish today would have happened naturally or accidentally, you know, in, in the past, you know, you, everybody ate organic, <laughs> you know, I mean, there, there was no, this has no GMO in it, you know, throughout history, you know, so like it takes a higher degree of intentionality. Um, you know, I'm blessed. My wife and I, we've married 30 years. We have grandkids now. We've never had a prescription. Um, uh, neither of our kids, you know, and I, I think just kind of we're, we're real slow to go to something else for a solution. So I mean, I, my point with this is it's kind of personal responsibility and I struggle with these things as much as, as anybody else. But um, a lot of the things you described a moment ago, there's like coffee mugs, you know, today, like that'll say like, I don't feel like adulting today. You know, I, that's, if somebody has one of those in your hand, like, I'm sorry, but you should just take that and just hit yourself in the head with it. You know, um, because it's like, it's like, it's almost like a curse on, on your life of the level of personal responsibility that you're taking for, for the outcomes. And while a lot of things people complain about, um, I'm not saying all that stuff to say earlier, it's not that there's not problems, you know, in the world, but your right to mention them should only be on the back end of you exhausting everything you can personally do to either not participate or to solve them. Um, you know, it's like everybody, the, the news is generated to show me something, one, that's far away. And number two, that makes me really angry because that's just a great human emotion to work with. So the news is designed to enrage you so they can engage you. And so they're going to show me, you know, I live in Kansas City. So they're going to show me something going on in Washington, D.C. That is that, that, oh, man, that just, I, yeah, yeah, Nancy Pelosi, I got, you know, whatever. You know, they show you a thing and you're like, how could she, but, you know. And, and the government's doing this. The government, their government spends too much money. The government is kind of, well, maybe I'm spending too much money. You know, like, am, 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 am I looking for every corner that I can cut? You know, everybody thinks that things are tough, but, you know, I have conversations with my wife's grandmother who just turned 101 this last summer. And you talk to somebody who went through the depression and they reuse their aluminum foil and they wash out Ziplocs and reuse, like, are, you know, are, are are you doing everything that they did to make it, you know, uh, to 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 live below your means, to spend less than than necessary? Is there any corners you can cut? Do you could you quit smoking or get rid of soda? Could you, you know, is there any corners you could cut, you know, 
so that you could be out of debt? Because I know you hate the government. We just increased it by a trillion dollars, like in the last 90 days, which is hard to fathom because throughout all of our country's history until our lifetime, like Reagan, you know, it took till Reagan to get to a trillion. And then now we've done it again, like in the last 90 days. So it's, 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 it's hard to fathom and, and it's easy to get upset about that. Like, I can't believe how much debt they're getting us in, but are you in debt? Or I can't believe all this fast food, and bad stuff, and this kind of stuff. It's like, well, are you, what are you eating? You know, cause those are things I can control. You know, like I can't control something far away, but I can control something really close. The closer it is to me, the more control I have over it. And so um, there, there's a lot of joy that comes from the solution of personal responsibility. And yes, there's problems, but if I exhausted everything I can do in every facet of my life to thrive. And, 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 and what I've kind of found is kind of analogous to marriage a little bit. You know, we married 30 years. The first five were pretty rough. Um, Stacey and I are both, you know, she'd be a great guest on another episode. She'd have a whole other take on the world than, than me. We're both, we're pretty powerful communicators. We both love to get the last word in. Um, we're both usually right, you know, just ask us. So uh, that was a terrible combination. You know, we had, lo- we loved each other like crazy, not a whole lot of skills, you know, to, to, to make everything work. And, and somewhere in that process, I began shifting my focus onto less of, of ironing out her wrinkles and, and, and what she could do better and, 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 and pointing out, you know, where she was falling short or where she was driving me nuts or what she did that irritated me. And if I, I started shifting it over, and it's a work in progress, you know, I'm not perfect, not close. You've been around us. We kind of trade paint a little bit still, um, but we work through it quick and there's no broken dishes in the process, which is a win. But in the, in the beginning, I started to shift over like, okay what can I do to be a better husband? Like if I exhaust that, if I become such a great husband, like it's so ridiculous. I used to use this expression. Um, Can we teach like marriage classes in church and stuff like that? And I'd say, you know, when I shifted over towards, I'm going to become such a great husband that if she ever left me, that dude would bring her back and be like, dude, I can't keep it up. This is the bar is so high. I cannot possibly treat her as great as you did. It's exhausting. I can't do another day. Please take her back. Like, like I wanted, I wanted to do that to treat her so good. If she ever left me, the guy would bring her back. So, and so fortunately she's never, never left me, which is, which is a win, you know, and, and knock on wood. But as I began to know, like it, it meant a lot for her, like acts of service. You know, and it was, that wasn't a big thing for me. I'd be irritated. We'd be eating dinner and she'd get up and start doing the dishes. And, you know, but, but for her, like getting those things done was a big deal. And so as I began to do things that were important to her, as I began to serve, serve her and like, she's gone when she came home, the dishes were done and things that were important to her, you know, I began to get more quality time, you know, from her, she was, you know, kind of meet, meet that need, you know, for me as the better of a husband I became, the better of a wife she became. And I don't know which happened first, because I think what happened is I began to focus on the things I could do better. Her flaws got smaller and and my attention and effort went to my own flaws. You know, I began to interrupt less. I became a better listener. I became a lot more, more, more kind in my responses. I became more patient. I became more intentional with, with, with what we were doing and that I was ready to go when she was ready to go. And, and there's more, I'm like, man, I'll exhaust all these things I can do as a husband first. And I, when I become, when I get that down so good that I'm, I'm perfect, literally, like you could make a documentary. That's the perfect husband. Like that's the the manual. Like when I get there, then I'll put more focus back on what she can do to fill in the gap. 
you know, and it just, it never got there because I'm still working on mine. But the more focus I put on me being a better husband, the better our marriage got. And, and, and this isn't a, a marriage podcast, but I think, I think if, if I'm putting more effort into David Whited doing the best he can to stay out of debt, be in shape, you know, uh, take care of the potholes in front of my own house, my lawn, my neighbors, my family, my, my town, my county, Missouri, take care of my state. Like America will kind of, you know, like I, I don't have control over all of that, but I do have a lot of control over these things. And the more I focus on them, the more I kind of exhale, I think, I think we're headed in, you know, the right direction, you know? So that all of that just kind of comes back to one phrase, which is personal responsibility. If, if, if I take personal responsibility, I, I saw a guy say one time about marriage, he said he was, he was a pastor and he goes, I'm the worst marriage counselor ever. People come like once and they never come back again, uh, <laughs> which I think was probably his intent, but you have a couple there and they'd be fighting and he'd draw a circle on the piece of paper and he would, and he would ask the husband, like, I, I know, I know she's got all these problems. She's driving you nuts, but out of a hundred percent of the problem, I mean, clearly over half of it's her fault, but, but what, what percentage is your responsibility? And the husband would be like, Oh, none really. If she would, if she could ever shut her mouth. Maybe wouldn't have so many problems, you know, or whatever. Be like, no, I want you to take this pen, draw a circle, which, what of the pie chart, what's your, what's your fault? Is it 25%? Is it 10? Is it, is it 1%? It's only, it's, she's 99% of the problem and you're only 1% of the problem. Okay, we'll do that. Like whatever it was, like do that problem. Now, here's what I want you to do. You focus on that 1% and you fix that 1%. You fix that 5%. You fix that 10%. That's the only, you know, and, 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 and she probably thinks the ratios are the same as his, you know? And so when you put all that attention on that piece and kind of exhaust that, the outside things kind of tend to start working there their own way, but it kind of comes back to personal responsibility, which is kind of a taboo topic. You know, if somebody can't fit an airline seat, it's the airline's fault or the person beside them's problem. You know, I mean, everything is kind of somebody else's problem, somebody else's fault. And and, and the, the conversation really, people have a lot more joy when they realize, you know what, everything is my fault and I can work on that. And, you know, and now is everything really my fault? No, but I'm a lot happier person when I let everybody else off the hook, I let my kids off the hook. I let my wife off the hook. I let my neighbors off the hook. I let the person that everybody drives slower than I do. Everybody in the checkout line is not as competent as me. And those are all facts probably. But the more I let them off the hook and I'm like, what can I do? You know, I'm, I'm so much happier, you know, in that process because I'm focused on the things I control. What can I do? I can, okay, I'm in this line. I have a responsibility to leave every person in place better than I found it. So I'm going to be nice. You know, I'm going to be kind. What can I do to help need this? Like those are things I can do in every situation. But it, again, it kind of comes back to personal response. All right, guys, we're going to jump right back into that conversation with, with Seth and I. I hope you're, you're enjoying that. And uh, if you do, please share, uh, give us a like on the rumble. I want to mention uh, a service that we've come across that you might've heard me mention before Patriot mobile. And here's the reason I mentioned it. A lot of people are like, Boycott Target, boycott Starbucks, boycott Klaus Schwab, all the things that you're, you're against. But what about, what about the things that you're for? What if you could change your cell phone service, use the same towers you have now, but instead of every month you have an auto pay bill that goes towards funding 
projects that you're probably not in favor of if you're watching this. Check out what is your cell phone providers, uh, what do they support? Tens of millions of dollars go towards organizations like Planned Parenthood and a lot of uh, Marxist organizations that you're probably not a big fan of. Patriot Mobile gears their things towards pro-life, NRA, First Amendment, Second Amendment, things that you support, and you don't have to spend any extra money. You actually save money. They'll buy out the remainder part of your contract. You can keep the phone you have right now, or they have new phones, or you can buy another phone somewhere else, Android, Apple, whatever you want to do. It's the same towers. Nothing changes except for you're actually putting your money where your mouth is and not supporting deep state activities with your monthly bill. It's a win-win, win-win for them and you. We all kind of come out ahead. So uh, give, them a, give, them a, give them a check out at uh, Patriot Mobile. Use promo code FLYOVER. And uh, they'll also waive the activation fees and buy out your existing contract. Let's jump back into the conversation with Seth. It's just interesting how you made a point before you turn the news on and all they're doing is they're showing you things far away that make you angry. And, and I think that they're also, by them being far away, they're things that you can't change. We can't change what happens in DC. We can't change what happens in Israel. We can't change what happens in Africa. I mean, now of course the commercials come out with the starving kid and it's like, you can make it, you can help you know, just give us $10 a day and who knows, or $10 a week or, and you know, who knows what money goes to anyway with those, those organizations. But I think fundamentally though, it's you know, going back to what you mentioned earlier about just where our society is at, that we have everything right in front of us yet we don't, take responsibility for hardly anything that's immediately surrounding us. And I think that that's really, it's in many ways, it's how our country got to where it is right now. It's, I think a lot of us, myself absolutely included, we stopped tending to our gardens. And and, and now that garden of America is just full of weeds. And those weeds are starting, they're, they're, they're poison ivy and they're thorns. They cut your child and they, you've got a big rash because of it. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh my goodness, like, you know, this is actually really, really bad. It's become really overgrown. Um, yeah. And so, you know, how, because I, I think that part of it is, it's like, okay, we need to have this initiative, this, this, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term, the locus of control, right? Does someone have a strong locus of control or a weak locus of control and how important that is in determining someone's future? Meaning, does someone believe they have the ability to affect change in their own life? You know, some people I've met, they've always had it rough and I ask, how's it going? They say, oh, it's just, get, it's getting worse. And what's your future look like? It's, it's going to be really bad. Like they, they feel like they have no ability to control the outcome of their life. Whereas like myself, I'm sure like you, I look at it and say, well, I can make that be whatever I want it to be. Of course, there's things outside of my control, but I, I take responsibility. It's like, okay, if I need, if I need money, I'll start a business. If I need this, I'll do this. If I need food, I'll start, I'll start growing a garden. And but so that's one part of it is just that feeling that you can control things. Right. But I think one of the difficult parts of what we do in exposing a lot of what's happening in the world is that the folks that want to understand, they're like, okay, what's this cabal? What are these 13 bloodlines? What, what's really going on in this world? It, it gets dark and scary. And the more yeah. you learn about it and the more you learn, you know, how long they've been doing this. And as you dig in to say, you know, satanic ritual abuse and MK ultra. And it's like yeah. the government I thought I could trust is actually deeply involved in the depopulation agenda that, that in and of itself yeah. can make a lot of people just freeze up and think, well, you know, why not do anything? And I've seen the comments on some of the shows I've done in prepping and people are like, well, we're screwed anyway. Uh, you know, they're going to kill us all. <laughs> so why do anything? So 
I mean, how, how do you adjust your mindset? Because I know that with your show, you're coming into contact with a lot of the same information I am too, and that you're well mm-hmm. aware of this dark satanic and Luciferian agenda to get rid of us. I mean, the good people like you and I, they, they want us off of this earth. So how do you keep your that's attitude up, right? You know, and that that's a that's a tricky thing, especially as we jumped into this, because I thought I was pretty aware, you know, we voted, I followed things, you know, I read a lot. Um, two things have happened. For one, I have a lot less respect for politicians than I would have before. Um, you know, and I and I I say that in the context, I mean, everybody kind of knows that. I think Will Rogers said, he said, you can enjoy hot dogs and politicians pretty good if you don't see how they're made, <laughs> you know. And and so we kind of look at that that realm of of politics. Those are but those are the people that we look to for fixing things. And 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 that's the solutions. You know, if you go from the top on down, I used to ask people, you know, I mean, do you think Biden could do your job for a year? Whatever it is you do, you run a tanning salon, you have a you know HVAC company, like I whatever it is you do, most people will even answer. I don't care where they're at politically, like now nah, he couldn't do my job for a year, you know. And so we look to these people for, for answers and they're the least equipped. You know, my I, I daughter think, honestly, brought home even a, a Walmart greeter. I think you'd have a hard time being a Walmart no. greeter for a year. They would struggle. They would struggle. <laughs> if my daughter brought home like a U.S. Senator as a boyfriend, I'd be like, Oh, <laughs> I had such high hopes for you. You couldn't have found like a decent biker or, you know, <laughs> you know, some, some gang member or somebody like, you know, what's the, what are the neighbors going to think now? You know, it's like, it's like that kind of a thing. And so, so they're not the answer. Um, and as we look at the, 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 these topics, you know, we have the same kind of show. We've had, you know, Christy Hutcherson, he talk about the border and there's a rape tree and, and, and children's underwear. And you hear this stuff and you're just like, I threw up in my mouth like three times while that show was going on, but I still have a mandate of we're going to cover the darkest things if necessary, but there still has to be an element of hope. And so the hope ties into what can you do about it? What actions can you take? Cause just taking in dark content, it's, I don't live in denial that those things are all real. They're a hundred, everything you said, a hundred percent real. The Luciferians, I would, I thought I could tell like good guys from bad guys in the past. Now I know a lot of good guys wear a suit and they look good and they smell good and, and come home. And they, they literally like worship, you know, Lucifer. They like sacrifice, they fast, they, 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 everything you would think of for any other faith. So those things are all a hundred percent real, but I think there's kind of two groups of people um, in the, in the world. One is that I think next year, can be better than this year. And I have the power to help make it. So now I don't know if it'll be better in every facet. I think the world is going to get darker and and messier and more violent and bad, but, but my world can be better next year. And I got the power to make it. So I can make better decisions. I made in the past. I can be wise. I can be prepared. I can have the things on hand to do that. I think in that is what keeps you from being in a funk. It keeps your energy high. You're focused on what you, you can do, which is the opposite of what most news programs, you know, want you to do. That's why I love your show. You you can hear the darkest information, but it's like, Hey, this is true, but what can you do? You know, it, people, people walk away empowered. The opposite of that is ignorance is bliss. Ignorance, not bliss. Ignorance is death. Ignorance is destruction. Ignorance is illness. Ignorance of your head in the sand doesn't make things better. So you have to balance out this being informed. And then, and then, then what are solutions that I can do? 
first for me, then for the people I care about, you know, around me to make, you know, decisions to avoid this mess. A lot of people are in the backseat of, of, of an Uber driver. The, the, the Uber driver's drunk and they're in the backseat and they're like, ah, you know, like you, you, you've got to get out of that of that car mentally and emotionally and say, OK, I'm not going to participate in, in crazy town here. I'm going to make wise choices for my family. I'm going to eat better, think better, talk better, change my language. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit down today before I go to bed tonight. I'm going to write 10 things I have to be thankful for. You know, I'm too depressed. I can't do it. No, stop. Just shush a minute. What's one thing you have to be thankful for? Well, nothing. Do you have kids that love you? Well, yeah. Okay. I got this. Do you have this? You know, you're breathing. You know, you have air. Yeah. You, you go over your sink. You got fresh water to drink. A lot of people don't have that. You know, so like you got 10 things you could be thankful for. That just kind of starts to shift that state. Okay. Okay. This is working. Keep going. I'm doing better. Okay. Then, then, then take action on the things that you know that you can do. And then in that process, there has to be an element of, is my existence making someone else's life better? You know, like I got to take action to save me. I got to put the oxygen mask on myself on this plane, but there has to be an element in my life. And I've, I've just found this common amongst everybody that is consistently thriving is like, is my wife better because she's married to me or am I like a, am I like an ankle weight? You know, am, am I, am I a nice comfy pair of socks in her life? Or am I like a rock in the shoe? You know, am, it, 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 how about my kids? You know, are my kids doing better because I'm their dad? And that's a tough question to ask. Can I be more patient? Can I spend more time? Can I get down their level? Can I, can I put my phone away during dinner and, and engage with my children? You know, it's like, is their life better because I'm their dad or not? You know, how about my neighbors? Are my neighbors any better because I live next door or they tolerate me? You know, like when you shift that element a little bit towards like the people you come across are blessed by your existence. And I don't don't mean fake and you go make everybody a pie or whatever, but if someone's just smile and be nice, you know, goes a long way, you know, but it starts with the people closest to you. Sometimes it's easier to be nicer to your coworkers than it is your spouse. But like, are the people around me better? So I, I, I've got to make good decisions for me, empowered. What can I do? But there has to be an element woven in that. Are the people around me better as well? And that's why I think shows like yours are so important. We try to, to do the same thing, model it, you know, that when people get done, they can handle something dark, but they're walking away better off because of the interaction. I, you know, I, I think we could just go on for hours. And, and it's, <laughs> it's great because, you know, this is, this is exactly what I was hoping to get out of this conversation is just a real heart to heart discussion about how to thrive in, in this dark world. And, and I think that this is, this is it. This, I mean, it's taking responsibility. It's, it's just being a good person. It's getting back to like what it means to be human. And, and it's so just, it's just nice to hear it coming through you. And I, I hope that the folks that are able to tune into this, can leave it and not necessarily leave and think, okay, I now know the, the, the secrets of the bloodlines or some, you know, like uh, some you know, super great Intel, but actually leave thinking, you know what, I've got more control over my life than I actually thought. And, and that's one of the greatest feelings that you can have. Um, so David, I know you were, we're missing your beautiful wife in today's show and want to do again, a, a, a show with the two of you, but tell us just a little bit about flyover conservatives as a show. And I'll tell the audience that it's, I mean, you guys are one of the most professional shows I see being put out there. And I, mm. you're doing just so many amazing things. I've learned so much from you. 
Uh, and I really, really recommend that anybody who's watching Man in America should also be watching the content that you guys are putting out. So I'll, I'll pull up your website, uh, flyoverconservatives.com. But yeah. Toby, if, 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 if you like Seth's show, uh, you'll, you'll like ours. If you, if you don't really care for Seth and his content, probably don't bother. <laughs> you don't like us <laughs> much true. either. Uh, you know, but if you do, it'd probably be, you know, a similar, similar kind of, kind of, kind of a vibe. Um, we basically try to examine current events and culture and we do it through the lens. We don't pull any punches or try to trick anybody. It's through the lens of conservative Christian values. Um, that's, that's what we try to do. And again, like we've talked about throughout this episode with a, with a, a bent towards personal responsibility and a bent towards, um, you know, a degree of, of, of hopefulness, not hopium, but like, I think you're more hopeful if like, okay, here's an action item for my, for me, what can I do, you know, to be a part of the solution of this problem, you know, in the world. So we do a nightly show made up of different components of interviews comes out eight 30 every night, central time. And then, um, um, I do a conspiracy conversation show every Saturday morning, just because I'm fascinated by it. And I have on people that I don't agree with on everything, but they they're interesting. And I love it. And it's, it's, it's like a, it's like candy for me or whatever, you know, it's like a treat. Um, it's just kind of fun to dive into. And then my wife does a show every Wednesday called, uh, uh, which is basically focused on the prophetic report, but she kind of focuses mostly on where's God in the mix of all the things going on in the world right now. And, 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 you know, has God fallen asleep? Is he chewing his nails? He fallen off the throne, you know, where's God in this mix. And so that that's the most encouraging, hopeful thing on the internet. I think that's every Wednesday at 11, 11. So um, those are the kind of the three components, you know, that we focus on. You can go to flyoverconservatives.com. You can go to the flyover app and, and download the app, but we're available on rumble and, we upload to 60 different platforms every day. So wherever you consume content, you'll, you'll find our, find our show. And, and folks, I honestly, I, I can't recommend uh, Dave and Stacey enough. Um, fantastic show, really good insight. And uh, you, you know, just, it's also just, it's pleasant. Like, you guys are nice people. <laughs> like I've, I've, I know you off camera and you're just good people. I, I've stayed at your house before. We've watched a movie yep. in the living room and had popcorn and ice cream. And it's just, you're just nice, kind people <laughs> they're, they're, you know, so it's, it's good. You know, you look, I think most people have heard the saying that, you, you know, you are the product of the, the five people you surround yourself with. Right. So surround yourself with people like David and Stacy, and hopefully me, if I make the cut, right. And we can all figure out how to get through this together with a smile on our face and somehow leave this country better off than what it is right now for our children and get in grandchildren. So, uh, David, thanks again for coming on. It's just, it's, it's great talking to you. I, I really appreciate you taking the time for your busy schedule to, to speak with me today. Thank you, Seth. I enjoyed it. Hey, Fiverr family. I hope you enjoyed that conversation, uh, with, with Seth and I today. Um, we got into a lot of interesting things and stuff you don't hear me say on our show. We don't have time to get into, but I hope you enjoyed it. If so, please share it. Continue with us on this journey with the conspiracy conversations. We got some incredible guests coming up. We're going to be getting more into uh, ancient structures. We're going to be getting more into space programs and and uh, food and a lot of the things you kind of wonder about. And hey, sometimes it kind of feels like they might be conspiring as a, as, as a global organization to kill us. <laughs> and I think they kind of are. And so we got to work together. There may not be somebody coming in to protect us. We have to share information together in order to protect ourselves. So um, PatriotMobile.com, uh, again, that's our sponsor for today's show. Go to PatriotMobile.com forward slash flyover, where you can get a phone call at the number below. You can switch your cell phone service without losing any quality. Actually better, because they can actually connect you with three different series of towers, as opposed to uh, a lot of them can only stick with one. So there's actually some advantages there. They'll buy out your existing contract, free activation. 
You can use your existing phone and everybody that you call and talk to, they're right here in the United States. They're either in Texas or California. They all speak American. Super sweet deal. Easy to do. They'll help you out. So go to patriotmobile.com forward slash flyover today. Find out if they got a plan that works for you. Move your funding from a deep state company to somebody who's funding things like uh, Folds of Honor, Tunnel to Towers, uh, NRA, First Amendment, uh, things that you really believe in. So again, appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Share this conversation. Give it a like down below. Give a comment and uh, I will see you in the comment section myself and uh, answering your questions. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you next time.